I have a promise for you from the Word of God, a powerful promise. And I pray the Lord today will really speak to you through His Word in a powerful way. Here is the promise. Psalm 115, verse 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Can you, sweet people, lift your hands and say, Father, I thank you, you're going to increase me more and more, and my children, and my family, and my loved ones. Lord, I thank you, you're going to increase me more and more, and my children, and my family. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Okay, that's God's promise to you, and thank you for joining me today. I pray the Lord will use this time together to really encourage you, to strengthen you, to put you back on the mountaintop where you need to be. So the Lord will increase you. I'm giving you that promise from his word. The Lord will increase you more and more. That's his promise to you. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about the blessings of God. In fact, in Isaiah 48, in Isaiah 48, I want to show you this beautiful promise also that I want you to claim today these promises. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou should go. God says he's the one who teaches you how to profit, how to prosper, how to increase more and more. So Psalm 115 verse 14, the Lord will increase you more and more and your children. Isaiah 48, 17, the Lord is the one who will teach you how to profit, how to increase. And we all know the beautiful promise in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 and verse 13. The Lord shall open unto thee. People of God claim those promises. They're yours. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season. To bless all the work of your hand. Bless all the work of thine hand. Not just some of it. All the work of your hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. I'm talking to someone who needs to hear this. You've been discouraged. You need to hear the promises of God. And the Lord shall make thee, verse 13, Deuteronomy 28, the Lord shall make thee the head, not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, above only, never below, but always above and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Now, from these scriptures and many more like them, we see that God has a plan for our increase. God has a plan for our prosperity. God has a plan for our financial prosperity. Otherwise, these promises would not be in the word of God. 
I mean, think about Psalm 34:10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord will not want, will not need anything, because God will always give them abundance. Isn't that in the Word of God? We see it over and over and over again. God will do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, all we can think, all we can believe for. I don't think any one of us has enough faith to believe for all God has promised us. God has promised us way more than our faith can handle. Way more. It shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, running over blessings. So, we see in God's word, God has a plan for our prosperity, for our abundance, for our increase. Because if God does not have a plan, then the majority of our life is not under his control. Think about that. If God doesn't have a plan for our increase, our abundance, our prosperity, our future, then a big Part of our life is not under his control. It's under our control. And if it's under our control, we're going to lose. Because when God is in control, all is well. All is well. So when our finances are in line with God's plan, then our whole life is together. It's not out of joint, you know. And the first thing I think we need to do is renew our mind. We have to obey Romans 12. I don't think any person can truly prosper and can truly see God as he is without renewing our mind. Don't ask for a cup full when the ocean is yours. Don't ask for a cupful when the ocean is yours. God has promised us the ocean. God did not promise us the cup. But the ocean is out there. It's all ours. Abundant life. Abundant mercy. Abundant grace. Abundant prosperity. Abundance is what God promised us. Hallelujah. So, in Romans 12, Verse 1, verse 2, it says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice to God, which is your reasonable service or your worship. Be not conformed to this world. Don't think like the world thinks, because the, the world thinks negatively. The world is always looking through the rear view mirror. They go from life to death, from strength to weakness. We go the opposite way, the right way. We're not looking through our rearview mirror. We're looking straight ahead. We go from death to life, from weakness to strength. Now think about the way the world thinks. They think health, then disease. Strength, then weakness. Life, then death. Not us. We go from death to life, from weakness to strength, from sickness to health, from poverty to prosperity. Because that's the way God is. We have to renew our minds. We have to tell ourselves, let's begin to see the Bible as the Bible declares to us who God is and who we ought to be. 
Be not conformed to this world. Don't go backwards. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may know, you may prove what is that amazing, amazing will of God that's good for you, that's acceptable with you, that's perfect in your life. So, once we begin to look at the Bible properly, once as we look at God's promises of abundance properly, then we begin to believe 3 John verse 2. I wish above all things you prosper and be in health. You know, I'm going to show you something I think is incredible. So let's, let's, let's go to 3 John. And we're going to look at verse 2 there. Beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. And then John writes, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in thee, even as thou hast walked in truth. This is Third John, verse 2. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. In truth. So anybody walking in the truth of the word will prosper. Because he was talking and saying, I rejoice when you're walking in truth. And walking in truth will bring you to that place to believe that God wills. I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in health, even like your soul prospers. So when the soul prospers because we're listening and believing and doing the word, then we will prosper. Failure, defeat, frustration, poverty is not God's will for you and I. It's nowhere in the, in the, in the Bible. Now, Jesus talked about mammon, mammon. In Matthew 6, he begins to explain to us how to view money, how to look at money. Because he says in verse 24, something very important, he says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, many people have said mammon is money. No, mammon is not the money. Mammon is, is the evil power that grips individuals, enslaving them through money, the medium of money. Money is not a good or bad. It's just paper or coins or whatever. But mammon is that power, that greed, that power, that grips individuals, takes hold of their hearts and minds, that enslaves them to the love of money. So our attitude, and what the Lord is saying here is, our attitude towards money reveals our attitude towards God. If we love mammon, if we love money, we will not love the Lord. If we love the Lord, we will not love money. The love of money is the root of all evil because, you see, when people are gripped by, by 
greed. They want to make more money for, the, for themselves. They're not givers, they're takers. They're takers. When a person becomes a giver, he just declared, I love the Lord, I don't love money. Because givers to the Lord have been free from that slavery of money. So our attitude towards money reveals the way we look at God. If we love the Lord, we will not love money. If we love money, we will not love the Lord. I've chosen to love the Lord, and I know you have too, which means we cannot be controlled by money. Money is simply uh, a tool to use to pay our bills and have shelter and food and all that. God wants us to be blessed, blessed with talent and gifts and finances. But all we have to do is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. That's really the key right here. In the same chapter, Matthew 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you seek the kingdom of God, all these things will come you, your way, will come to you, will be in fact added. That's surplus, that's abundance. That's what I've been talking about. The Lord will increase you more and more. You and your family, you and your children, you and your loved ones. When you seek the kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom and God's righteous cause, where it says here God's righteousness, it's really God's righteous cause. What is God's righteous cause? The gospel is God's righteous cause. But also, when we seek to be righteous, we will prosper. Only the righteous will prosper. Psalm 112 is clear on that, that the righteous man will prosper. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights in his commandments. His seed will be mighty on the earth, meaning his children. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Psalm 112, verse 3. Riches and wealth will be in his house because he's righteous, he's righteous. So Jesus said, the Lord Jesus said, he said, seek ye the kingdom of God first. Put God's interests ahead of your interests. Put God first in your life. And now everything you need will not only be given, there'll be addition, there'll be multiplication. You'll have abundance, abundance. You remember when the Lord was on the Sea of Galilee? He said to the apostles, cast in the net. Oh Lord, we've toiled all night, we caught nothing. But at your word, Lord, at your word, there's a lot of people today who've been working very hard and getting nothing because there's no word. They're not listening to the Bible. They're not reading the Bible. They're not living righteously. But at thy word, at thy word, they cast that net. They got so much fish, they couldn't even, they had no space for them in more than one boat. Because it's always at your word, Lord. When you speak, I obey. When you tell me to do it, I do it. And the Bible has a lot to tell us about how to handle money, how to view money, how to treat it. So, 
It's all about honoring God. It's all about honoring God. When we honor him more than we honor ourselves, when we honor him more than we honor anyone, and honor is about giving. It says honor, Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your substance. You do it with what you have. Your possessions is the Hebrew word. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. Every time you, you're blessed, you're to give to the Lord. Every time. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your presses or your vats will burst out with new wine. It's, you know, it's really interesting how it says right afterward, my son despised not the chastening of the Lord, because I believe people who don't obey in honoring the Lord will, will end up having problems. That's why it says despise not the chastening of the Lord. Don't be weary of his corrections. Whom the Lord loves, he will correct. Wow. Because sometimes people go through trials and struggles because they're not giving like the Bible tells them to give. Seek ye first the kingdom. Honor the Lord with your substance. Put God's interest out of your interest. Pay God's bills, then he'll pay yours. My father-in-law told me that years ago, before I married Suzanne, he said, I will not marry, you know, I will not allow you to marry my daughter if you're not a giver. Because I just said, well, I have bills to pay. He said, he said, if you'll pay God's bills, he'll pay yours. And I learned from that amazing man to seek the kingdom first. I was only 25 years old when he had that talk with me. I married Suzanne when I was 26. I'm almost 70 now. And I learned a lot in my lifetime. Seek ye first the kingdom, honor the Lord with your substance. The one thing God does not want people to have is, is in Colossians 3, verse 5. This is, this is the thing that destroys abundance and prosperity. Because Paul talks about what? He said, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Now watch what, what he talks about. Fornication, uncleanness evil affections, and so on, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness is what's killing and destroying people's prosperity today. Greed, covetousness, he says, is idolatry. There are people today who worship money because they're not worshiping the Lord. They're not honoring the Lord. They're so into their future and into their money, they're not giving to the Lord anymore. They're keeping it and holding it, then they're going to lose it. No, no, no. You see what we have to do? We have to be free from that idolatry, covetousness. Because giving is worship, and worship is out of love. In Psalm 96, we have a most beautiful, Listen, I'm giving you the Bible. I'm just giving you the Bible. I love you enough to give you the Bible. And thank you for joining me every day when I teach you the Word. And, and you sweet, dear people send me the most amazing uh, comments. And your prayer requests touch me so, so deeply. 
But I want you to prosper. I really want you to be successful in this life. Don't get to heaven to find out how much you missed on earth when it comes to God's blessings. God wants to bless you. So it says in, in the Psalms, Psalm 96, verse 8, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. And then it says, worship, or worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. You know what this says to me? This says that giving enables me to give God the glory. And giving makes my worship complete. Every time I give, I'm saying glory to God. Lord, I give you glory. Because it says in verse 8, give unto the Lord the glory, the glory due unto his name. And the same verse, Psalm 96, 8 says, bring an offering, bring an offering. When you give him glory, bring an offering and come into his presence with an offering. And then worship him, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him or tremble, stand in awe before him, all the earth. Wow, giving enables me to give God the glory. Giving makes my worship complete. And giving, let me, let me add one more thing. Giving brings me into his courts properly. I come in with, with, with the biblical way. Every time I'm, I, I give to the Lord's work, I come into his presence properly because it says what? It says, give to the Lord glory. Bring an offering, come into his courts. Then you come properly because it's a love gift. It's worship. Isn't that beautiful? It makes worship complete. Why did God bless Abraham? Because he was a giver. I think about Jacob so many times. I was just reading it a few days ago. When Jacob went to the house of Laban, he had nothing. That's in Genesis 28, verse 20 through 22. He says, Lord, if you will take me there and bring me back, I'm, I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to give you everything. And God began to bless him because he became a giver. There, when he went to, his, to, to the house of Laban, his own uncle, who cheated him 10 times, yet God still blessed him. And I love what it says in Genesis 32 when, when he comes back now. Look at, look at what he says to the Lord. This is Genesis 32 verse 9. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you because the abundance he had belongs to you too. And Jacob said, Genesis 32 verse, verse 9, O God of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with you. Look at verse 10 now. I'm not worthy of the least of your mercies, of all the truth which you have showed to your servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan. He said, all I had is a piece of wood when I passed over, when I left home. And now I'm become two companies. He sent his brother 590 animals as a present. Imagine giving Jacob gave Esau 590 animals 
to please his brother so his brother wouldn't kill him. He was afraid that his brother coming with 400 men was coming to harm him. If Jacob could give that kind of offering to a man who wanted to, to harm him like his own brother, think how blessed he was. How many sheep and goats and oxen and camels and all the rest he had. Thousands. So he left with only a staff of wood, didn't even have a pillow to sleep on. But when he came back, he had two companies, hundreds if not thousands of animals. God never promised us lack. He promised us abundance. It's his grace. You know, Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 8, he says, grow in the grace of giving. Grow in the grace of giving. And I believe when, when, when we begin to give, we grow in grace. Let, let me show it to you just before I pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Oh, I love this. Verse 7. Therefore, as ye are abound, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence, in your love to us. See that you abound also in this grace, in this grace, abound in grace. In other words, your giving has to match your faith, has to match your knowledge, has to match your diligence, has to match your love. He says, just as your faith and utterance is growing and knowledge of the Lord is growing and diligence and love for the Lord and for us, Make sure you also grow in the grace of giving. I found something just by living the Christian life. Grace produces giving, and giving produces a heavenly account. Because Jesus talked about a treasure, that we can have a treasure in heaven. Do you know that when the Bible talks about and Paul mentions giving and receiving in the Bible. It's actually giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Look it up there in Philippians. In a glorious shed? <laughs> Hallelujah. So every time I give, God gives you and me a receipt that I can cash in heaven. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew. When he said, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Wow. And that's what Paul talked about. He said, no church takes care of me like you in giving and receiving. You can look it up in your Bible. That word receiving in the Greek is receiving. Otto Robert shared that with me years ago. He said, look at this word. It says receiving, receiving. I never saw it before till then. And then I looked it up and he was right. 
So, our provision on earth, our treasure in heaven. Every time we give, God meets our provisions on earth, and we got a treasure in heaven. I feel a glorious anointing. I want to pray with you right now that God Almighty will give you abundance you have never experienced in your life. After the Lord will will so abundantly bless you. He'll open the windows of heaven and pour on you a blessing. You'll not be able to even contain it like it says in Malachi. Father, in Jesus' holy, glorious, mighty, matchless name, Lord, give them that abundance you promised in your word. You said you'll come in, you'll go out blessed. Everything you touch will prosper and multiply. You'll land Oh, and never borrow. You'll be the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. It's your word, Lord. It's your word. You promised us, Lord, and said, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be ours, will be ours. And Lord, like you told us through Paul, increase in the grace of giving. Now, Lord, bless your people as they obey you and let abundance begin to flow in their life like never before. In Jesus' wonderful, glorious, holy name. Amen and amen and amen. Okay, it's time to give now. I know your faith has been lifted. It's time to sow seed. The information is on the screen for you now. You can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website. Benihin.org. You can text. That's the simplest, quickest way. BHM45777. Do it today. Do it right now. Do it while your faith is stirred up because when the anointing is flowing, the ground is moist for the seed, ready to receive the seed. Hallelujah. You keep sowing. I'm telling you. We're about to see the greatest days ahead. Only for the church and the givers are, are, are about to abundantly be blessed. And it's not the amount, it's the faith that comes in it. It's the faith that connects with it. Do it now in Jesus' name. Love you. I'll see you Monday. A great week next week. Great week. But keep sowing now and believe God and bless him and thank him. Hallelujah. Benihan Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023. And who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hens Ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. 
We are the ones that are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical-type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half-century. To God be the glory, a conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world. Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns, and with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. We would have lost a lot of these tapes had we not started working on them. I want to say thank you for helping us, but we are still not finished. We have 4,000 hours still to complete. We've completed 10,000 hours, already 10,000 hours, and you saw the difference with the before and after. We were actually losing the tapes, and now here they've come back to life because of your help, and I want to say Thank you with all my heart for helping us. But the job is not done yet. We have got to finish the job now, 4,000 hours, and then we're going to start the translations. What you heard today was the voice of a robot <laughs> talking. It wasn't a lady. It was actually a robot talking to you. And isn't that amazing that this can be done? But now we can do it in every language on earth. I wanted you to get a little taste of the voice of a person, but it wasn't really a person. A lady just kind of talked, and then they copied her voice. And what I'm going to do now is I, they're going to have me tape my voice in English, and they're going to translate everything you that, that, that you'll see in the future in every language on the globe. Every language. Think about the impact it's going to have worldwide. 
when we show the great crusades, the great meetings, OCC days, the great conferences, and so much more, not only in English, but in every language on the globe. So let's finish the job first with the 4,000 hours left to be digitized. And please, please, please help me now because we don't want to lose those tapes. The longer we wait, then they, they, they will, you know, they will, won't even be able to work with them. But you saw what has happened. You saw the difference. You saw the bad, you know, pictures from the past and how new now, how they came back alive so beautifully because of the new equipment and the way they do it now. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for his glory. I talk to young people all the time who have seen things from the past and their life has been changed. I was in a place not long ago, in a restaurant, in fact, and we were showing this waitress what God did in Venezuela because she's from Venezuela and she was just glued we showed it you know, on the phone, and now you can show all this on you know, people's phone and iPad and laptops and all that. But it's wonderful what God is doing worldwide. And let's keep doing it for the Lord and His glory, because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. I want to pray with you that God will bless you for this as you obey Him. Blessed Jesus, thank you. Lord, I pray you'll bless your people multiply them on every side and bless them financially, Lord, as they bless your work. So your word will go to every nation on earth, Lord. I give you the praise for touching our young people and our grandchildren, children and grandchildren, Lord, and great-grandchildren. We give you all the praise and God's people said, Amen. Let's do it for them. Let's do it for our children. Let's do it for our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, so they will see the power of God. They will not be lost. All right. You can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.